Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. All right, Lombardi Line here on a Friday as we welcome you in. He is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. The Lombardi Look Ahead, something I like to plug every Friday as we open up the show, is going to drop sometime today as I say hello to Michael. Hi, Michael. The Good morning, look ahead, Patrick. The Look Ahead had a great piece. Good morning. Uh, about Christian McCaffrey. So let's just get it out on the table. We will discuss the win in the desert for Arizona, 42-34 over New Orleans, coming up in just a bit. But we start the show with a blockbuster. McCaffrey has been traded to the Niners. A second, a third, a fourth in 2023, a fifth in 2024. You wrote about it. Let's get your immediate reaction. McCaffrey to the Niners. Oh, you know, I, I didn't think they would do this because I didn't think anybody would pay them a want. I didn't think they would take a discounted deal like this. And I think when you really peel back the layers, it may not actually be a discounted deal because, you know, with McCaffrey's injury history, been on the injury report for so long, they're so used to to playing without him. I mean, since they redid his rookie contract, I think they've paid him, and I put it in the column, $37 million, and he's only played in 16 games. So this team is used to not having him. And he's been on the injury report this year. He's he, Now, he'll do anything within his power to get healthy. That that I will say, and I know a lot more than that. But he will try to make sure he's healthy and durable. He's dedicated to his body. But to me, I think this is one of those where they felt like, okay, get a two, three, four, and a five. They had a couple teams. Nobody was willing to give up a one. And because of that, I think they probably felt like this is the best time to move them. I think it sends a message to their team that maybe they are tanking, which is going to make it very challenging for them going forward. We saw the line move from 11 to 13 immediately. 
against Tampa Bay this week. Not because McCaffrey's worth two points to the line, just because of the impact of this decision. And for San Francisco, to me, as I wrote about, another great piece on paper. Can he stay healthy? Well, can he stay healthy? That's the question. I mean, he is a dual threat that is beyond reproach in the NFL right now as far as a running back. However, injuries, 20 and 21, he played a total of just 10 games. Now, he has been, you alluded to his dogmatic determination to stay healthy, I guess is the way I'll put it. What He has been healthy this year. Is something different? Can the Niners look forward to health in the future for McCaffrey, who's not, what, he's 26 years old? Yeah, I mean, look, they, I think to me, though, the way Kyle wants to move the football, and I wrote about this, is, look, they're – Every team has certain ways they want to move the ball, and it's not just the width of the field or the length of the field. There's certain areas of the field that are more effective for certain offenses, and Kyle understands that. And because Kettle and because of Kittle and because of Samuel, the middle of the field is really where he wants to attack. I mean, Debo is not an outside win on the outside, run nine routes. He's an inside receiver, catch it and go, like A.J. Brown. And now that they add McCaffrey, they add another player to the middle of the field that they can control. Because are you going to double McCaffrey on third and five? Are you going to double Samuel? Or are you going to double Kittle? They're 15th in the league on third down conversions. That number is going to shoot way up because it's going to be hard to defend this team with him coming out of the backfield as a receiver. And I think they'll pick their spots with him as a runner. Do I think they'll give him the ball 30 times a game? Probably not. I think he'll make an impact on 30 plays in the game, though. Updated numbers over at BetMGM after the trade, post McCaffrey to the Niners. So before 18 to 1 Super Bowl, now 14 to 1 at BetMGM with McCaffrey. NFC, so conference odds 8 to 1 dipped to 6.5 to 1. NFC West, they go from even to a little favorite there at minus 120. So uh, you see the numbers improving. Betters are certainly interested as far as McCaffrey to the Niners. But again, I bring it back to the health. If he stays healthy, this is a great deal. We we said yesterday, you're not going to give up a first rounder, but they certainly gave up a load to get him. I mean, no that's doubt. second, third, and fourth this draft coming up in the spring, and then a fifth in 2024. That's a lot. Well, I mean, let's put the numbers to the picks. Say that pick is going to be 60, 61, 62, and then the next pick is going to be what? You know, 30, uh, 90, 100. I mean, that when you add when you put the numbers in there, they're basically all they got is two of the best players in the top 100 in a draft class. Is that a lot to pay? I don't think so. I don't think so. And so for the Niners, it was a really good deal when you put it in that perspective. When you start adding all the things together, you say, well, I got a two or three. You know, it's like, you know, the 76ers traded Barkley for three players. None of them are really good. So you got three players, but you really didn't get a good player. I think this kind of gives San Francisco, they move their chips all in. Why? Because this team's not going to be the same team next year. D'Amico Ryans will become a head coach, without a doubt, right? His defense is going to be number one in the league or number two. He's done a great job and deserves a head coaching opportunity. And Garoppolo won't be the quarterback next year. And so, you know, and then they're going to have a young quarterback with a young team with everybody under contract, Nick Bosa included, that you know they'll see where they can go. So maybe they don't need as many draft picks. I think it's probably a smart play. McCaffrey's cap number for the next three seasons is twelve million, twelve million, twelve million. That's a lot, but it's really not. I mean, they could take that thirty-six million, dump it into a uh, 
a kind of a signing bonus and lower his cap number for the next three years, depending on how much guarantee they want to give him. Niners are 3-3. Three and three. They're 22nd in points per game. They're scoring 18. They're 18th in yards per game. They will be hosting Kansas City late window coming up this Sunday. Right now, Kansas City's lane two, two and a half. Back to McCaffrey. So Shanahan gets his guy. So I think most know the story by now, Michael. Of course, McCaffrey's father, Ed, played for Mike in Denver. That's where Kyle grew up. Kyle babysat for Christian McCaffrey. So all these storylines you're going to hear on the pregame shows. But one thing we do know is Shanahan has said he wanted McCaffrey at two. Remember, in 17, they moved back the 49ers to three and grabbed his teammate Solomon Thomas. Didn't work out out of Stanford. So they finally get their guy after reports he wanted him uh, back in 17 in the draft. I think he'll. He's going to be a dynamic. He's a weapon, right? One of the things that you you look for in a running back. We saw it with Kamara last night. It's not how many yards. It's not the Derrick Henry model of running back anymore, where we're going to give him the ball 25 times and get 150 yards. This is what plays can he make in the passing game? And I think because of the versatility that he brings to the table and Kyle's imagination, along with the tight end that really impacts the passing game. I think the sky's the limit. And and the throws that Garoppolo wants to make, those inside throws, are the throws that these three players will give them. I'm sure Brady's probably saying, why didn't we do this? You know, I mean, because it would have given me the nickel back that I so desperately needed. I don't know if they were the other team involved, but I do think that, you know, this is more than just getting a running back. This is getting a weapon. As we start to look as far as implementation, Shanahan and McCaffrey, and look at some of the props, which we'll lay out, uh, of course. But how will he be used? Of course, Elijah Mitchell goes down in week one, the necessity for another back. But the Shanahans have always been able to get their backs, whether it's Orlandis, Gary, or whomever, Michael. They're going to get yeah. them yards. They're going to get them catches. They're clever on offense. They really are. And and I think, again, as I wrote about, this is really about a defensive uh, this is really about a passing game. I mean, this is really about uh, how he's going to impact that third down offense. How is he going to impact the the ability to keep the ball on the field and help the quarterback? I mean, the more talent you put around Garoppolo, the less pressure he's going to feel on him. Look, they're going to run the ball, whether it's with Wilson, whether it's with Mitchell, when he comes back, they're going to be able to run the ball. But it's in that passing game where he's really going to make a difference. He'll make a difference for Kittle, who only averages about nine yards a catch right now. Kittle's longest play is only 20 yards for the season, right? So I think he's going to make a difference there. And that third down conversion is going to really start to rise. Right now they're at 40.5%. They're 14th in the league. I think that number will get it up to 45. And when you convert, one of the key indicators on how to win football games is can some can the opponent convert at 45% or more? I think that's really what happens. Conversely, the Panthers over at BetMGM, not much, not much has changed. Let's just put it this way. Their odds are long. There's no surprise. They're one in five, and they enter directly into a rebuild. What was your take on the Panthers moving on from McCaffrey? Well, I mean, they take a tremendous cap hit, right? So between Robbie Anderson, a guy they redid his contract this offseason, and McCaffrey, who they redid their contract this offseason, they've got $28 million of cap hit going off their cap next year. I mean, that's a huge, huge... I mean, you just redid these guys' contracts. To me, like most things, they probably... What they probably should have done, if this is where they are now, is they probably should have started the rebuild in the offseason. They probably should have said, okay, we're all out. We're out. You know, we're going to just... I know it's not a quarterback draft... We'll manage that. 
We'll use Darnold, but we're just going to tear it down and build it back up and try to collect assets along the way and not redo anybody's contract. Think about this. McCaffrey's played 16 games since they redid his rookie contract years ago, and, and he's gotten you know a zillion dollars for that. He's only played in 16 games. So the, the reward for the Panthers hasn't been great for when they redid the deal, and the same thing with Robbie Anderson. I think if you want to play any bet at all for the Panthers, is it be who has the first pick in the draft? I think that's a pretty good number. I'm sure there's probably it's it's probably you're not going to get plus money on that right now. So you say perfect fit for Shanahan and McCaffrey? Where do you put it? A A plus perfect fit, or is there a little awkwardness here? No, I think it's a perfect fit. I think it's an A plus fit. I mean, Kyle's going right. to use. Uh, first of all, what what runs does this guy run? Christian McCaffrey. One of the things when you're evaluating running backs is you have to watch the runs in college that you run in pro. He runs outside zone as well as anybody. That's what they run in. That's what they run in San Francisco outside zone. And now they get this slot receiver to put him over there out of the formation or back in the backfield to line up with Kittle to see how they want to play it. Are they going to play four on three inside? Okay, who's covering Debo? It, it just changes the complexion of the game a lot in the favor of San Francisco. And it gives them a guy that they can what, – what's the most important play come playoff time? Third and two, third and three. That gives them that advantage. All right, there it is. McCaffrey to the Niners, blockbuster late last night. Lombardi Look Ahead has more on that. Also, Michael Lombardi, you took a deep dive as far as the numbers on the 5-1 and one Giants and the 5-1 and one Vikings. Speaking of the Giants, are they legit? Pat Leonard covers them for the Daily News, and he's going to join us next right here. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, 
Because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash stereo right now. netsuite.com slash stereo. netsuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. game. <laughs> You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, Lombardi Line is we welcome you back. One thing I want to mention, we do have our analytics guy, Steve Mackinnon and Michael You've worked with Steve in the past, getting some numbers and some deep trends. He really is invaluable for us here at VSIN. And he recently wrote a column over at vsin.com about using our betting splits. We always talk about the pro tools and betting splits are so important. I have mine up literally 24-7. So he wrote an article for New Betters, How to Turn a Profit Off the Betting Splits. And I really encourage you to go check that out. Michael, you, have, you and I have our screens up incessantly. And it's important to watch those splits and watch where the numbers are going constantly. I think it's so important. I mean, like I was, as I talked to, I wrote about today for the column. I mean, you know, nobody is betting the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers, as of this morning, when I wrote that column early, there was 7% of the bets of the money are on the Chargers. And the number has gone from seven and a half all the way down. So you got to really pay close attention to these betting splits, not to, not to make the bet for you, but to give you more information. He is our guy. He's Pat Leonard, New York Daily News. He covers the beat for the Giants. Also, new podcast, Talking Ball with Pat Leonard. I encourage you all to check that out. We'll plug it again at the end to make sure we get it in there. Pat Leonard joins us. Somehow you find yourself with a 5-1 and one team straight up. And for betters, a 5-1 and one ATS football team. We talked to you before the season started. You didn't see this coming. Where are you at now with this team, Pat? Yeah, you're not kidding. I didn't see this coming. Uh, I'm still not shocked that the Jaguars are favored in this game because, frankly, the Giants, for half of these games in the first halves, they played like the team we thought they were going to be before the season, where even with good coaching, the talent's not there compared to a lot of the other rosters they're playing. What I didn't account for, and I think what a lot of people didn't account for, was how well this team would be coached up mid-game to adjust on both sides of the ball to what they're seeing. Honestly, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, and Wink Martindale all the way through, 
they have a process that week in and week out is resulting in them dumping what's not working and adjusting. And frankly, in a, in a league where parity is king right now and the margins are so slim, I see the Giants coaching edge really making an enormous difference every week against teams like the Packers and the Ravens these last two weeks that prior to the season, I and most people, I think, didn't give them a chance against. Well, I mean, look, they've scored uh, they've scored 40 points in the first half. They've scored 48 in the fourth quarter. I mean, which is remarkable, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know how that, you know, I, I agree with you, Pat. I never saw this coming. I mean, when you look at the numbers, right, they average under 10 yards per reception, right? They, they, they average, I mean, they can run the ball. They average five yards a carry in the running game, but yet they give up almost, they give up five and a half. I mean, there's no numbers other than the critical numbers of the game. They're very good on third down defense. They're very good in the red zone. And when you're good in those two areas and the game doesn't get away from you and you don't make mistakes, you got a chance to win. I think it's been a great coaching job by all three coaches on that staff, no doubt. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you look at Daniel Jones has fewer uh, passing yards than Tua Tagovailoa does in three and a half games. Daniel's played six. And so... You look at that and you say, how are the Giants winning? And frankly, it's about all those phases marrying to each other. Uh, one thing I was talking to players and coaches about this week was they have an offense that they can get to a lot of the same concepts they feel that can succeed through a lot of different formations. They'll dress it up with motion if they have to. But there's a lot that opposing defenses are not expecting. Um, talked to a couple of the receivers were telling me that the terminology in the offense that Dable and Kafka has put together is a little bit unfamiliar. It's not just like cookie cutter, cookie cutter mimic where people hear it on defense and they say, oh, I know this. I remember this from this offense two years ago. It doesn't align necessarily with the coaching tree. So in the fourth quarter at these key moments, Jones isn't turning the ball over. That's a big thing. But also it sounds like opposing defenses are finding a hard time reading what's coming whether it's based on what they're looking at with their eyes or what they're hearing with their ears. Pat Leonard joining us. New York Daily News covers the beat for the Giants. Well, you mentioned it. You nailed it as far as the market. The market does not believe very much in the Giants because it's a solid three down in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's going the opposite way. The Giants are five and one straight up in ATS, yet they're catching three. And the number's not moving. And you know the key number there is three, Pat. Yeah, yeah. I I think the reason is, this is my belief. I mean, Saquon Barkley played down his shoulder injury to us yesterday. I, I'm worried about that. Um, he said that it's not incredibly severe. Sounds like it's a pain management thing. But if you look at the clips in that fourth quarter, when he hurts it and comes back in against the Baltimore Ravens, on the play where Daniel Jones throw the, throws the interception where it comes back due to pass interference, Barkley, you can see, tries to block somebody with his back trying to avoid contact with his shoulder. The touchdown, they, the play they call is designed for him to avoid contact and leap in. He actually shoves aside a teammate who starts celebrating and touching his shoulder. So I, I think the line, the, the odds makers, and the concern here is, first of all, going down to a stadium where I've talked to some players who just say Jacksonville is a weird place to play, weird things happen there almost feels like a high school stadium. It's just kind of you're out of your element. Uh, but the other thing is I don't think Barkley's 100%. And if that, if that comes to pass in this game, it's very difficult to think Jones could carry them for a full game, even if he's carried them for spurts without Barkley earlier. You know, and, and then you got to hope that, that, that Doug Peterson does what typically Doug Peterson likes to do. I mean, the weakness of this giant team has been 
you know, they, they struggle against teams that are committed to running the football. They give up five yards a carry, five and a half yards a carry, and and Jacksonville, for whatever reason, they get bored with running the ball. I mean, they, they average 4.9 yards a carry, you know, and they've got two running backs that are really good, and yet they don't want to run the football. They end up getting into a situation where they get. Now, I think they got to play better defensively. This is where Jacksonville, the last three weeks, starting in Philadelphia against Houston, they gave up the one drive. And then last week against Indianapolis, they scored on the last five drives of the game. So, this defense that I thought was going to be a little bit better, and it was certainly in Los Angeles when they played the Chargers, it's got to take a giant step up. It'll be a challenge, I think, Pat, for the Giants' offensive line to block them, which has done a better job because they don't put them out there. They, 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 don't, they don't really expose Jones or this offensive line as much as you think. I agree completely, Mike. The, the game will be won or lost right there. The defensive line, the Jaguars, Giants' O-line, uh, Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, has had an excellent year. He's dealing with an elbow injury and an ankle injury. He's playing, uh, but that's something to watch. The center, John Feliciano, has a groin injury he's playing through. And like you said, they try to even just limit the amount of times they have to go man-on-man, hat-on-hat, and protecting Daniel Jones in the pocket like that. So that is probably where the game will be decided. And then on the flip side, you're absolutely right. Wink Martindale, obviously, he hates giving up rushing yards and he wants to stop the run at all costs. But right now, what he's proudest of is the fact that they really haven't given up. I think they've only given up one pass of maybe more than 40 yards or more than 35 yards all season. And so they don't want to give up the rushing yards, but they are focused, number one, on giving up that big play. And I think that's why their third down and red zone defense has been so strong because teams are trying to take those big shots, and the Giants are giving up some things, but they're not giving up that. You've been around different cultures there covering the Giants. Uh, the kids say vibes, Pat Leonard. They say, that, you know, <laughs> good vibes. It does feel like there is something here, just you know, where sometimes momentum starts to build with what the culture is becoming, and that's what's happening with Dayball. Is it different than what you've experienced with other cultures there? Yeah, I mean, part of me thinks that this could have been what Joe Judge's program would have looked like with just a really good offensive coordinator, you know, because I think I don't think Dable and Judge are as different as people think they are, even if they profile differently publicly. They both come from the same tree and have the same kind of priorities of keeping games close into the fourth quarter, be fundamentally sound, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, the vibes are high, frankly, because they won early and it reinforced what they were teaching them. That's what a lot of the coaches around here in recent years just didn't get. They didn't get positive reinforcement. They didn't win. The way Dable went for two and won that game in Tennessee, it's hard to quantify how much that meant, not just in winning that game and getting people to buy in then, but then when they're in these moments down in the fourth quarters of these games against teams that look superior, where the stat book shows the other team is superior, that's what I see. And really from a technical standpoint too, they're making some subtle changes that have made huge differences. For example, Dexter Lawrence, he's having a monster season on their defensive line. And a key there is that Andre Patterson, their D-line coach, moved him to nose, and he plays directly over the center, and he's just dominating centers in the pass rush. And so, you know, simple things like that where they're saying, okay, listen, we've identified you're here. This is our guy. This is where you need to be in our scheme. That combination of technical coaching and then the kind of emotional lift of their early results, I think, is what you're seeing come to pass here. Okay. Enjoy Jacksonville. It's P. Leonard, NYDN NFL columnist, Thank Giants you, Pat. beat writer. 
And Talking Ball is the new podcast. I encourage everybody to check it out. Talking Ball. Thanks, Pat. Thank Appreciate you, Pat. you. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Okay, there he goes, Pat Leonard. The vibes are high, Michael Lombardi. The vibes are high. Yeah, I like how he said this that is, about Le- Judge, though. You know, it, there, I think it's so true. I mean, look, it, I've seen it happen all over the league. When you don't get one side of the ball fixed as a head coach, it ruins you. It really does. You know what's benefiting the Cardinals? The fact that the defensive side of the ball has been, it seems, fixed with Vance Joseph. Let's talk about last night. 42-34 win for the Cards. What to move forward with for betters from Michael Lombardi next here at Lombardi Line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, I'm going to tell you about becoming a VSIN pro, but as I do, a friend just texted me, Where can I find that Mackinac article on using the betting splits to turn a profit? It's over at VSIN.com. It's called How to Turn a Profit by Using Our Betting Splits feature. And Here's what I will say, because I just had a chance to look at it. It's exhaustive. Like, he gives you awesome examples. If you're more of a visual learner, you can learn how to turn a profit, again, using the betting splits. And the betting splits are a part of the Pro Tools package when you become a VEASAN Pro. We talk about it all the time. It's 99 bucks now through the Super Bowl. You get Lombardi's Look Ahead. You get Point Spread Weekly every Wednesday. You get all the betting guides. That includes the NHL and NBA. So it's really... Insane not to sign up, to be honest with you. You get free picks, pro tips. You get it all. It's vcin.com slash subscribe. vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, good job by Pat Leonard. He seems, and we're going to get to the 42-34. 76 points were scored in Arizona, and I somehow found myself a little detached from the game. We'll discuss that in one second. Just to go back quickly to wrap up Pat Leonard, who covers the Giants. He's got a 5-1 and one team. You know, that is what's fascinating. If I told my father, who's a good sports fan, but if I told him that the Giants were catching three down in Jacksonville, he'd say, wait, I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, that is an alarming number, especially with how you've discussed Jacksonville regressing on defense. But that's very much the market's not moving. It's three. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and it makes sense. I mean, because Jacksonville, when you go through it, there there's a there's a chart that team rankings keeps in terms of consistency in term, and I don't know how they basically develop all this into their algorithm of what is a consistent team. I always use rushes and completions, how their execution's going. But Jacksonville is one of the most is has been for the last two weeks the most inconsistent team in football. Uh, and you know whether you know that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to you're the worst team in football. It just means that you could play better than what you're playing. Denver might be the most consistent team because maybe they're just they haven't played well yet. You follow me? So mm-hmm. I think when you look at that, and when I watch Jacksonville on tape, I see massive inconsistencies with the quarterback's fundamentals, his techniques, with their offensive execution, with their defensive execution. One minute they look really good, the next minute they don't. And so for me, I think that's where the book is saying, we recognize the talent. We do. We recognize the talent, but we don't trust it. We don't trust it, you know, to to win. And so you kind of stay away and you say, okay, wait a minute. That's maybe not for me. Kyler Murray was frustrated with his head coach last night. I was frustrated with Kyler Murray. <laughs> so, again, I gave out over 32 and a half rush yards. He had 30, Michael. The reason I'm frustrated is that dude creates so much drama for himself in the pocket and oftentimes he just doesn't get rid of the football. He doesn't throw it away. No. He'll take a sack. He'll he take can't, a loss. Patrick, he can't see. He can't see. I mean, he I can't think a lot see. of his. That is the point. He can't see. 
he can't see the guy that's open. And for the coach on the side, why didn't you throw the in cut? Well, I didn't see it. You know, like we watched the game last night and, and people, I don't know, I didn't have the, the sound on, but I mean, I don't know if, if they were talking like he was playing well, but I mean, the guy's 20 for 29. His longest pass plays 31, but that came on a check down that they missed a tackle that's on. That's correct. That's correct. You know? And so, like, he doesn't throw the ball up the field. He's got 29 attempts. He registers 204 yards in those 29 attempts. That's not very good, you know. And they get a receiver, Hopkins, who averages 10.3 yards a catch. Okay, that's still not very good. They win that game because the middle eight, because of Dalton. To me, Dalton proved exactly what I've said for five years about Andy Dalton. He's a 2020 quarterback. He can move the ball from 120 to the next. But once he gets in that red zone, if you don't if you don't stop him from beating you, he will beat you, meaning he'll beat his own team, right? And that's what he, he almost threw two in the red zone yes last night. I know, I know, I know. Well, the Cardinals used the two pick sixes in the first half to down the Saints, forty two thirty four. Again, this was a tie ball game right around three minutes left in the first half, then twenty two unanswered. So that was the hole that Dalton dug them into. Simmons, I mean, the Simmons interception is reprehensible. I mean, he, he, I guess he didn't see the linebacker. He threw it right to him. I guess he did. He threw him. I mean, the other one wasn't his fault, but the interception in the end yeah, zone correct. was the, the other interception in the end zone is a killer, right? And then, you know, they can't get off the field on third down. They get a penalty. They can't get off. But look, I think one of the reasons why when you go through these games and I think you really have to, uh, what I've started to do part of my handicapping too is, is I basically have, have looked at the games from a, like matching up the turnovers, like, okay, let, let's just take this game, for example. New Orleans versus Arizona. New Orleans is minus 1-2 in turnover takeaway. Arizona was just 0-3. So there's a huge disparity, and one team does turn the ball over. The other team really doesn't. And so when you're in that two-and-a-half-point game, do you really want to favor the team that doesn't, that turns the ball over? I think that's part, like, this week, okay, Baltimore is playing Cleveland. Baltimore is 0-7 in turnover takeaway, Cleveland's minus 05. Okay, there's a significant difference there. Is Cleveland good enough to overcome? Because what, what we learned after six weeks is teams are who they are. If you turn the ball over like New Orleans has typically done all year, you're going to keep turning it over unless you get it fixed. Okay, so for betters, what do we take moving forward? So now the Cardinals improved to three and four, so they're in the mix, but do you believe in them? They travel no. to Minnesota next week. Of course, they're going to I don't believe in them of, either. That'll be the non-believer game. That, we probably should have a priest or a minister come out in that game. I mean, it's the non-believer. Do you believe in any of take that? A, take, a, take a stab on that number. Arizona, Minnesota, that's early window next Sunday, of course. Arizona Minnesota four. Minnesota by four. Okay, hold on. Let me just give you where. So it's sit and sit. Yeah, open, open five and a half. And a couple of shops went to six. I see Westgate still at five and a half. So Minnesota, it, very much the market does not believe in what they saw in Arizona last night, is what I'm telling you. I, I think it's pretty clear. I think even the average fan can watch Murray play and say, we gave him $250 million. Where's the uniqueness? Now, look, running around, I get it. You know, 17-yard game when he can take off. Yeah, I do. But to me, his body language is still horrible. <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't really make plays when, you know, last night, I mean, last night they weren't good on third down either. When you go through the when you go through it, they were third, three for 10 on third down. I mean, if it's not for the, if it's not for the, 
okay, they start the game off field goal, field goal, touchdown. Then they get, you know, then they get the, then they get the, then they basically get the fourteen free points in the four, in the second quarter. Again, you'd have to answer the question schematically because Kingsbury gets killed. I don't think he's a very good coach. We saw what he did at Texas Tech. However, there has to be some frustration because his quarterback creates a lot of the drama for himself. That For some reason, it really stood out last night, patting the ball five or six times because he can't see over the lineman. Like, they stood out last night. This is a really – and they paid him. They paid him. So they created the problem. They create the problem. You know, it's like we said earlier, uh, you know, it's either you're coaching it or allowing it to happen. I mean, they've created the problem. And, you know, and, and, and people uh, and the mythology of this player seems to continue to grow. He's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in football. And yet his numbers don't register that way. I mean, they really don't. I mean, when you break him down and you study him and, and look at what he's been able to do, I mean, you, you think you're going to go into a playoff game on the road and win with him? I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, before you do that contract, you have to say to yourself, we can win a Super Bowl with this player. I mean, that's the reason you're doing the contract, right? Do you think you could say that? The guy averages 5.9 per attempt after seven games. 5.9 yards per attempt. That's not even good enough to be in a backup category. Well, we do have your boy Cliff. Okay, don't don't get it yet. We do have Cliff Kingsbury. We'll get to it in a second here. We've got him talking about his offense but the ver- very much what I'm looking forward to is moving forward. This is not a team you're going to be backing. And Vance Joseph may get another look as a head coach because what he's doing with those players on defense, it's not a very talented defense if you look at these I, names. I, I agree with you. I don't see it as a real talented defense. I, I think to me he's done a really nice job of keeping himself in the game, you know, and, and, and has done good good there. But I don't know if, if – uh, if this is sustainable all season. Plus, they're, they're, they are susceptible to injuries. They really are. Here's old Cliffy talking about the offense there with the cards. Not, I mean, to our standard, obviously, but I thought we started well again. Um, Got to be able to finish in the red zone. But um, just some, some execution, some stuff that uh, we can't have happen, burning timeouts, you know, ball on the ground, snaps, things of that nature. It's just got to get better. Your standard, you score 17 points a game. That's <laughs> so what are you talking yeah. about? The Cardinal standard. Take I mean, they, see they, a lot of they for, talk. for betters, Michael. Perception. The reason I bring it up, perception over team. Kingsbury, offensive mastermind, Kyler Murray. You have to be careful of that. Those narratives. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're at the point of the year where perception, we have to peel back the perception of reality. You know, it's like what I was saying yesterday about the Miami Dolphin offense. I mean, they average 18 points a game if you take out if you take out the, the fourth quarter against Baltimore, I mean, they have not been explosive. They have not been a high-octane offense. And, and there's this perception that they are, and they're really not. Now, you know, they get two back without help. Well, part of the numbers that I'm reading you are still with two in the game. They scored 20 against New England opening day. You know, they haven't really been able to be explosive. You have to peel back that in your handicap, and it really is important. So for many, the Saints were kind of an under-the-radar or Radar. I, sh- I said Raider. That's Freudian because actually they host the Raiders next week. But for many, the Saints were an under-the-radar Super Bowl pick. It ain't happening. They're 2-5. and five. We'll talk about them next.
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. 
Okay, it's important to be a good friend. And over at BetMGM right now, if you have a friend who loves sports as much as you do, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 in bonuses when they sign up through the BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. It's very easy to do. You can see it once you sign into your BetMGM account. You just send your friend a message. And when they make a bet, boom, 50 bucks is yours. 50 bucks is his or hers. That's simple. BetMGM.com, 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. We're back. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher here as we welcome you in. We've got Vinny Maliulo joining us from behind the book coming up in right around 14 minutes. So that's the Arizona side. Let's talk about the Saints who are two and five. We'll start with an overview. What's going like we understand the quarterback situation, um, but what else are you seeing? I see a defense that's actually regressed a little bit, no? Yeah, I think, well, they're not healthy. You know, when you when you build your defense around a star corner who could take away the other receiver, it's hard to kind of manufacture uh, coverages and people start to play out of position. They start to do different things. I think that's an issue, right? You know, they've had a hard time. Their, their defensive front isn't dominating to the point where I think they felt like they could with Davenport and Cam Jordan on, on, on each side. So giving up way too many points. I mean, starting with Atlanta scoring 26 on them and, you know, and then they go and, and Seattle and into that back and forth, you know, so they, their defense has not been anywhere near it needs to be in terms of that. I think the other, the critical component of this whole thing is they can't protect, they can't protect the football. You know, they lose the ball. They've, you know, they've lost seven fumbles in the game. They've thrown multiple interceptions. They've got, they've got nine interceptions thrown. I mean, to be honest, as bad as, as Dalton was last night, as bad as he was in turning the ball over in interceptions. I mean, Winston has five. I mean, Winston's turned it over five times, and Winston was sacked way more. So this has been a very disappointing start for the Saints season, and, and it's I think they've got holes everywhere, offensively, defensively. Their field goal kicking situation isn't great either. So I think this is now that they have a little extra time, they've got to get back to their basics. they got to figure out who they are and who they aren't. Their team is really about – you know, they've got to get the ball to Kamara. They've got to protect the football. And that offensive line, which they were counting on being one of the strengths of the team, hasn't been that way. Well, you brought up to me the main point on offense, and that's Alvin Kamara. And we kind of laid off the props yesterday because we saw that breakout game the week before. But prior to that, we hadn't seen evidence of this continuing. And last night, 11 rushes, 49 yards. Again, they were in the second half coming from behind. But... Look, seven receptions, 56, so they attempted to get him the ball. It's just it's not happening like it has in the past for him. Yeah, no, it's been challenging, and I think a lot of that is because, you know, you don't have your best receiver in Michael Thomas, who really, let's be honest, I mean, Michael Thomas averaged 10 yards a catch. They haven't. It all starts with the quarterback. I mean, all these problems we're having with teams, it comes right back to do you have a quarterback, and you're playing backup quarterbacks, and Dalton turns the ball over, you fumble too much, and you're giving games away. They gave away the Panther game. They should have won the Panther game. You know, they gave away the Minnesota game. They missed the field goal at the end of the game to get it into overtime. Uh, you know, so, I mean, last week they've got the lead and they can't hold it against Cincinnati. They stall in the red zone. So, you know, this has been, I think, to me, if you're Dennis Allen, you're like, wait a minute, this isn't what I thought we were going to be defensively. I thought, you know, they've given up, Patrick, they've given up 200 points in seven games. Yep. I mean, you can't stop anybody. And, and what makes it so kind of out of out of normal is the fact that they you know they're 33% defensively on third down they can get off the field they're just giving up explosive plays you know what's interesting too is 
sometimes it's so rudimentary how we analyze this, but those in New Orleans will say, hey, Allen needs to go back and focus on the defense <laughs> because he's a defensive head He is focusing on the defense. It, he it, is, it, and that's it, what but, he's calling. It's, and it's yeah. not – I mean, he's got so many injuries too. You know, like I, I think that's part of the issue. I'm not making excuses for him, but the injury factor does weigh in this. And the fact that he doesn't have Lattimore and he doesn't have the defensive front that I think they felt like they could have. You know, and I mean, this this season did not start off well for them. I mean, they're, they're lucky to have come back to beat Atlanta opening day. Atlanta was the better team that day, and Atlanta's the better team today. That is how quickly this league can humble you. Atlanta, it really is. I, joked, I joked that a professional better said they're not going to win a game. New Orleans, people had them potentially winning a Super Bowl. And Atlanta very much looks like the better football team. They, they look the better coach team, and they've stayed healthy, and they, and they haven't even stayed healthy. You know, so, you know, I think that to me is really what, what has been the issue is, is health for whatever reason. And, you know, I mean, I think that's really the concern. And so, you know, I, I think when you break them down, they can't get off, they can't get people from being in the end zone. And that's a real issue. And I think that's going to be the concern that's going to keep going forward. Because one thing when you hire Dennis to be your head coach, you're figuring the strength of the team will be we'll continue where we are defensively and Pete Carmichael can continue where he is offensively. And, and so far that hasn't been the case. A little opportunity for Vegas here. They've got Houston coming to town this week, and then they head to New Orleans. Not saying New Orleans is an easy spot for them, but I've got most shops showing New Orleans right now on the look ahead here at one. You know, pick them at a couple other shops. But again, that's going to be a hungry Vegas team, so it's not going to get easier for New Orleans. No, I think to me it's going to be a challenge for New Orleans. Uh, you know, and I think the other thing is it's going to be can can they protect the football? I mean, that's you know that's the one area where the Raiders have struggled is protecting the football. Now, in the last few weeks, they've gotten much better at that. But can they protect it? I mean, look, you can't win a game until you avoid losing. And right now, right now, the, the Saints can't avoid losing. They turn the ball over at a rapid rate, and, and that's what's killing them. I mean, for all the conversations we have, at the end of the day, I mean, they can't really stop anybody because they keep giving away touchdowns. I mean, they give away 14 points. I mean, how are you going to win a game when you give your opponent two touchdowns from their defense? I mean, it's almost damn near impossible. It's also it's just so deflating heading into the half. You're tied, 22 unanswered. It's almost like... You got I mean, it's, four, it's a four, it's a fourteen to six game. You get a couple bad calls against you. You know whether that was defensive holding when you sacked the guy in the pocket. You know, I mean, I know the kid tackled him, but it, you know, I mean, they get that call and then they can't stop him on third down in the red zone. Okay, and then they give up the two point play. All right, so it's fourteen fourteen. Now we just got you know they're getting the ball to start the half. So how are we get and, and you throw a you throw a crossing route and the ball gets tipped up in the air. And next thing you know, it's you're down twenty. You're down twenty fourteen. Yeah, it's humbling. It's 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 uh, th that's what you just laid out is the reason Belichick and his success is so unbelievable because the bounce of a ball, something can turn on a pin, and his consistency. Uh, uh, is, uh, I mean, it's, it's remarkable, remarkable, right? Like, just think about this. I wrote about this today. I mean, think about how how thin the margins are in the NFL. If Cade York misses that 58-yard field goal against Carolina on opening day, Christian McCaffrey's still going to be a Panther, and Matt Rule's still the head coach of the team. Yep. Hope. I mean, one thing just triggers off this whole, 
And, you know, and it happens. To me, I think that's one of the reasons the NFL has struggled is I don't think there's enough six-month, 12-month, 18-month planning. I mean, if you're trading McCaffrey in the season now because this is where you are, then you didn't correctly evaluate your team in the offseason. Well, that's why I joked with Pat Leonard about, like, vibes. Think about the Giants. If the Packers kick that field goal in London, you know, and there's so many different turns where the they've been riding this, and again, in sports betting, momentum is a trigger word, so I'm not going to say whether or not you believe in it, but the Giants have been kind of riding this momentum, whereas the Panthers, like you said, something goes different in week one. You could have a completely different scenario where lives are changed. It's really it's yeah. wild. I mean, there's a, you know, I've talked about this before, but there's like the Giants and Minnesota, the Jets, the Chargers, Tennessee, you know, they have had incredible luck in terms of how they've played. You know, the, 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 the ball has bounced in their favor in a lot of these games. That doesn't mean they're a worse team. It just means that sometimes, like Minnesota lost how many close games last year, right? Oh, my gosh. They lost they were the worst, a ton of close games. They were the games. worst in football. They were the worst in right. football. Right, and so this year, yes. this year they're winning them. This year they're winning those. I mean, they went. They had 15 drives in the Minnesota game, in the, in the Miami game. They, had, they punted 13 times, and they won the game. When you're running a franchise, did you ever have a, a player come to you and request a trade? I mean, never. I mean, the agent certainly would. But to me, not a young player who's in his second year. I mean, what kind of chemistry do we have on our team when we're just building and we got this Elijah Moore kid who's all of a sudden you're bigger than the program? I mean, practice better. Play better. We'll get you the football. Like, I hate this mentality. I'm not getting the ball. That's the That, to me, is a media misconception. Like, nobody is keeping you from getting the ball other than yourself. And for him to have a platform to talk about it is ridiculous. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Nobody's keeping you from getting the football. Get open. Know your assignment. Be in the right place. Do the right thing. You'll get the ball. Like, there's, it's like it's, oh, you're predetermined. You're not going to get it. Like, that's schoolyard stuff. That's so old school, it's ridiculous. We see in the NBA players requesting trades. It's now seeping into the NFL. Elijah Moore on a 4-2 and two Jets team has requested a trade. More on that coming up. Next, Vinny Maliulo joins us, and he's going to talk about the It's a second receiver. It's a second receiver. Denzel Moore did too. Denzel Mims did too. On the same team. Biggest difference between Thursday and Monday night NFL exposure with the bookmaker next. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralask brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralast pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Get in zone, auto zone.